Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. Hope you're doing great today. If you're not, I got a cure for it. Man, I'm telling you something. Jesus said he came so that you could have life at its best. You say, well, where did he say that? You know, I was just talk, talking with Rick, you know, our, our, our uh, producer here, and you know, we were just talking about the fact that, that sometimes we look at the Bible and, and then we're so religious, we're so, we're so single-minded, uh, uh, and limited in the way we think that we learn the Bible in one translation and we quote it in one translation and, and we don't recognize the richness of, of what the words mean and, and how that they say much more than any one language can actually say. You know, there's words in the Hebrew language that th there are no other languages in the world that actually have those words. You can't, you can't capture those kinds of words. And, and, and many of the concepts, really, in, in, in the New Testament or the Old Testament, you can't capture those concepts with one word. And we were talking about the fact that sometimes, you know, uh, uh, I get criticized because people say, well, man, you never use the Bible. Well, of course, my, my Bible, number one, is right here on my phone. Uh, but, you know, uh, one of the things I do, I practice an a exercise called, you know, photo reading. And in photo reading... You, you, you read scriptures or whatever it is that you read and you can recall them whenever you choose to. And so uh, because, people, because I'm not up waving a Bible around, people are like, well, you don't even use the Bible. Uh, but even worse than that, and what is so, so frustrating for me, not because it hurts my feelings, but because it represents the limitations that so many people have in the way they see God, is that if you don't quote a scripture exactly like somebody is used to hearing it, uh, a lot of people think you're, you're not quoting the Bible. Well, you know, when Jesus said, I've come that they might have life, the King James says, have it more abundantly. Well, first of all, that word life itself is, is such a, man, it is such an incredible word because it means uh, the life that is possessed by the giver. In other words, Jesus came because he wanted to take the life that he possessed and give it to you. <laughs> Man, a life. And then when it says that, I want to give you, I want to give you this life I have. I want to give it to you more abundantly. You think, well, how could it be more abundant than what he had at that time? Well, I'll tell you how. It's because now he died and been raised from the dead. Now, you know, when he was walking the earth, he demonstrated a dimension of the life of God that was beyond anything we'd ever seen. But here's the amazing thing. That's not what he's offering us in salvation. He's offering us a more abundant life because it's the life that he obtained through the inheritance because he was raised from the dead. And so, you know, on some level, I know a lot of different translations said life more abundantly, life to its fullest. There's all kinds of different ways to say it. But you know what? I love to use the terminology, which is accurate given the, the original language, life at its best. God wants you to live life the best it can be lived 
the best it can be enjoyed in a fallen world that's crumbling all around you. He wants you to have a life that supersedes anything that's happening anywhere in the world, anything that that's happening that could influence you from the outside. He wants you to have something greater than that. So <clears throat> that's what we're all about. You know, what's interesting is the religionist, the legalist, they look at the promises of God and basically present a concept, a false concept that would say that these promises of God are the rewards you get if you live a godly enough life. Well, you know, the Bible actually says just the complete opposite of that. Actually, in, in the book of, a, uh, I believe it's 2 Peter 1, 3, it says, it says that uh, by these promises, we escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. The promises, first of all, if it's a promise, it can't be something that's earned. Uh, but we don't get the promises because we've done everything right, it says that the promises, the hope, the quality of life that's offered to us by the promises is what will affect us in such a way that we want to live a godly life. Why would you go looking anywhere else for anything else? Why would any temptation be able to draw you into destruction if you're experiencing life at its best through the promises of God. Man, oh man, I do when I talk about this stuff, I am telling you everything in me just almost explodes with thanksgiving and happiness and peace and joy and trust and love for my God and my Savior. So you know something? Man, today we're going to someplace I, I love. A few weeks ago in my previous series, I made reference to a series that I have called Miraculous probabilities. And I just, I did one message in this previous series that I called Miraculous Probabilities, but actually for months I've been thinking that this would be the next series that I would do. Now, Miraculous Probabilities, the science of faith, that is the name of the series. As you know, I'm going to give you everything that I can give you in this broadcast, uh, in these broadcast messages or cyber church messages. But you also know that there's a ton more information in these eight CDs that will support this message. So, man, if you like this, if it helps you, if it benefits you, be sure and, and, and go to drjimrichards.com, go to our store and check out the series. And you know what, if you, it, when you purchase a series from us, it's an investment in you, but that also gives us financial resources to invest in the world. And so, mm. anyhow, let's talk about miraculous probabilities the science of faith. And today I'm calling this message, The Science of Faith. And, uh, you know, we're going to launch into some aspects about faith. You know, I, I taught a, a series probably, oh man, I don't know, 25 years ago. It was called Faith Like You've Never Heard It. And I remember somebody saying to me, they said, you know, that sounds kind of egotistical, faith like you've never heard it. You know, and I said, well, you know, the problem is, this is faith like they've never heard it. Because most people have actually never heard how faith really operates. We've gotten, it's not that what we have been told is untrue. You know, a guy that I, that I used to minister with, of one, of the, one of the 
most well-known names in the Word of Faith movement, and a close friend of mine that I respected, he, uh, <clears throat> he, he used to say this real often. He would say, you know what's wrong with what that person is teaching? And you go, well, what? It doesn't sound like anything's wrong. He said, well, well it, it's not that what, he, what that person is saying is not the truth. He said, the problem is what they're leaving out. You know, something we have had so many wonderful truths presented to us over the last 50 or 60 years. But, but somehow or another, the dots don't connect. Somehow together, somehow so much of that does not come together to produce the quality of life that God wants us to have. And the reason is not because what we were told was necessarily wrong. And sadly, you know, eventually we just go, well, that, that, that's not true, so I jump over here to this, I jump over to this, and eventually we end up off in some erroneous doctrine because we've thrown away everything that we've ever heard. You don't need to throw away everything you've ever heard. Sometimes you just need to find the pieces that were left out. And so in, in this series, Faith, or, uh, 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 The Science of Faith, Miraculous Probabilities, you're going to discover some things that were left out that will make a monumental difference in how you operate faith and your confidence whenever you, whenever you want to step out in the supernatural. Man, I don't know about you, but I like it when I step out in the supernatural and I have, man, I am sure I am immovable. I am unshakable. I know that what I'm saying is going to come to pass. I know it, know it, know it, know it. Nobody talked me out of it. And whatever time it takes between me conceiving it in my heart and it manifests in my life, I love it when you walk that time out and you're immovable. And that's what God, that's what God wants. Man, that's what peace does for you. Whenever, you know, whenever you believe something in your heart, and you move from hope to faith. Remember, hope is always about the future. Hope is always, and hope is the seat of faith. And there were years ago, uh, back in the 80s and 90s, we were taught almost that hope was a bad thing and that hope almost opposed faith. There's, no, hope is a good thing. Hope is the basis from which faith grows. But hope is when you visualize and expect something to have a good outcome that's going to come in the future. And, and so many times we are in hope and we think that we're in faith because like, well, I'm, I'm sure this is going to happen. Faith is not based on what's going to happen. Faith is where something comes alive. Something is conceived inside of you. And I'm going to show you in this series, I'm going to show you how you get to that place really quick, really easily. Uh, but, but faith is when you move from this is going to happen to this is already done. This is already settled. And the amazing thing is, yes, when you conceive something in your heart, because it's got to manifest out here in this material world, sometimes there's a gap, a, a space of time between it becoming real in your heart and becoming real in the physical world. Well, you know what? I don't want to be struggling all that time. Whether it's a, a day, a minute, a week, a year, I don't, want, I don't want to be struggling. I want to be totally at peace because I am immovable. I am absolutely sure. As a matter of fact, you know, in Hebrews, of the 11th chapter, the first verse, it says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word substance is such a rich word. And the, the word substance is, has, it has many meanings. And what I do when I, look at the, when I look at the original language, one of the things I do is this. 
Instead of say a word like this that has four meanings or five meanings, I'm not going to just go in and select the meaning I like the best. I'm going to put all those meanings together and say, okay, how do I understand this word if all of these meanings actually are correct? And so instead of, instead of reducing the word of God down to my preference, I'm expanding my conception, my, my, my perception of the word of God. And I'm expanding my ability uh, uh, to conceptualize something bigger than the definition of just one single word. Well, one of the definitions or one of the concepts behind this word substance is the word title deed. Now a title deed, and th th this Greek word would have been used in what they call the, the Koine Greek, the common Greek, the Greek that people spoke on the streets. And um, if, if you bought a piece of property, uh, you would be given a deed, a title, a title deed. That's where that concept comes from. Now, this title deed is the same as proof of ownership. Proof of ownership makes you sure, immovable, or unshakable about your possession. So even if you bought a piece of property, I don't know if you've ever done this. I don't know if you've ever bought a piece of property in another state. You know, I, I, I've never done that that I can remember. Uh, I, but I, you know, I bought a lot of property over the years. But I've worked with a lot of guys who, who would make investments in other states. And, and maybe if they went and saw that property once or twice, they would make a deal. Sometimes they would just make the deal based on the advice of somebody else. But when they made the deal and they got the, the, the deed, the title deed, then that was the proof that that property belonged to them. It didn't belong to anybody else. So in other words, that was the, the proof of ownership. That was the thing that made them sure and made them unwavering. There wasn't anything else to settle. There wasn't anything else to do. Now, now when you get ready to go build on it, it's yours. You're not having to fight for it. You're not having to, to go to court. You, you just go start building on it because you have the deed. You have the proof of ownership of which you are absolutely sure. So it says that, that faith is the title deed. It is the proof of ownership. It is the being sure of things that you hope for. Now, so this means that there has to be hope first. See, hope, hope, interestingly, particularly when you, when you look at this in the Hebrew language, it's, it's the same in the Greek, but it's better understood in the Hebrew language. Hope is, is more about imagining a good outcome. It's not just the fact that you want a good outcome. It's the expectation of a good outcome, which gets into your imagination, which is a part of how you, uh, how you come to believe stuff, is you imagine it, you see it, you experience it as being real. That's what your imagination is. You imagine something. You imagine what it would be like to, to have this and to own this. And so... So hope is this, is this confident expectation of something that's going to happen in the future. But faith is now. And hope is what sustains us until we move to a place to where we get the title deed. Well, how do we get the title deed? We get the title deed when we have faith in our heart, when our heart 
uh, has conceived this thing, when our heart sees this, when our heart is sure of this, when our heart is immovable about this, when we are unshakable, then, then that's when you have moved into the place of faith. And I'm not going to go into to today, I will later in this series, about how and why that actually makes that thing that you have believed for, that you're sure of, why it makes it come to pass. And th this is the science of faith. And, 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 and this works. This is something that happens in the invisible world. We would call it the spiritual world. It happens in the invisible world that has an influence in the visible world. And this is, this is really, really important. And I will go into a whole lot more about this later. Now, I'm going to review a little bit about miraculous probabilities here because this is, this is so crucial. You know, Jesus, when he was walking here on earth, remember at this point in time, he had not uh, died and suffered the penalty for all men and freed all men from the curse of the law. He had not yet been raised from the dead, conquering death, hell, and the grave, devil, all that kind of stuff. He had not yet received the inheritance. Uh, and you say, well, what inheritance? His inheritance that he received was all of the kingdom of God, which included every promise that God had ever made to anyone. Jesus received that inheritance, which means, that's, that's why 1 Corinthians 1.20, uh, you know, tells me that, that if, or 2 Corinthians one twenty says that if I'm in Jesus, then all the promises are yes for me. Why are they yes for me? Because I'm in him and they're yes for him. And I share the inheritance that, that he gets. You know, it's amazing when people talk about the inheritance. So many people talk about their inheritance, their inheritance, their covenant, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, you know what? You're kind of, I, I don't have an inheritance of my own. Jesus has an inheritance and I share in that inheritance with him. And I don't really have an individual covenant with God. Jesus has a covenant with God that has been completely fulfilled through the resurrection. And because I'm in him, I share in that covenant with him. That's what the word fellowship means. When the Bible talks about the fellowship of God or fellow, you know, fellowship of the Lord, this is what it's talking about. It's talking about sharing something together with someone else. <clears throat> that other person legally owns it, but it is shared equally with you. Uh, you know, fellowship is not just hanging out together and, and, and eating some hot dogs in the fellowship hall, you know. Fellowship is when, is when we come to God and, through fellowship with Jesus, where we, are, where we are coming to God saying, I, sh I come to you in Jesus. I come to you on the basis of his finished work. I come to you sharing everything that you gave him because I am in him. And so our confidence, one, one of the confidences of faith is not that I am using my faith to try to get it, is that you, Jesus already used his faith to get it. And suddenly, man, that shifts to, oh man, this, this left the realm of, of possibility and has entered the realm of probability. Now, I refer to this, uh, this is repeating something I said a couple of weeks ago in, in a previous series, but I, but I want to lay this out here. Because you see, when Jesus was walking on planet Earth, he, he, you know, he said that, all things are possible to him that believes. And, he, and then in another place, he said, he said, nothing is impossible to the person who believes. Well, I, you know, I believe that scripture 
was true when he spoke it. I believe that scripture is true now and I'm not diminishing that scripture, but it changed as far as how easy it is for a person to experience these possible things because he has received, he has conquered the curse of the law. He has stripped the devil of any power Satan has no power, has no ability to do anything to you unless you want him to, unless you let him, unless you're afraid of him, don't trust God or something like that. But mainly because Jesus has received the inheritance of the kingdom of God. Therefore, he has all the resources of God, which means we enter the kingdom of God by surrendering his lordship, by being baptized in his body. But now in that realm, we experience heaven on earth, the kingdom of heaven, which is all of the resources of heaven. So when Jesus said all things are possible, man, that, that was about as positive as you can get. I don't know about you, but that, that right there gives me enough emotional and spiritual fuel to make quite a journey in life. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even, you, know, you wouldn't even think you could ask for more or expect more or get more or that there could even be anything better than a promise that says all things are possible to him that believes. But the reality of it is there has been a change. There has been a shift. You know, I love what the Apostle Paul says in the book of Corinthians where he says, look, God has given us things that are so good that no eye has ever seen. In other words, in other words, you think you've seen life at its best? No, it never stops getting better in God. Now you say, well, that's not what I'm experiencing. Well, that's, that's why you're listening to this series. That's why I hope you'll hang in here with, this, with me on this all the way to the end of it. Because if you're not enjoying the abundant life, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying probably religion has told you some things that's not true and made you put limits on your life that you don't need to have on your life. And I want to show you how to move past those limits. And I want to show you how to get to the place to where you are actually enjoying and experiencing what Jesus hung on the cross, died, paid a price for, and used his faith to conquer and raise from the dead and obtain his inheritance. I, 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 want, I want you to have everything Jesus died to give you. Because you know what will happen? If you have that quality of life, not only will you fall in love with God, not only will you get incredible benefits in your own life, and your own family, but you will become a light in the darkness that will attract other people to the life of God. You know, that, that, that's, the, that's God's ultimate intention. God's ultimate intention does not end with us falling in love with Him. It does not end with us having an incredibly great life. It ends when we fall in love with Him, we have an incredible life, but that becomes an influence to the people around us. You're the greatest witness. And, and you know, man, I've, I mean, I've won thousands of people to Jesus and I've won hundreds of people to Jesus one-on-one -on -one, you know, where I just, on the streets or in my home or in different places. And, uh, uh, and, you know, and I thank God for that. And I thank God for the opportunities I've had just to sit down and witness and share Jesus with somebody and pray, you know, prayer with them and start them on this journey. But I'm going to tell you where, where, the, where the greatest and the easiest soul winning takes place and, and uh, um, I think it's Peter that talks about this. He says, be ready to give an answer to those who ask you 
about the hope that's in you. In other words, why do you always expect it to work out? And you know what? That person's got hope. They're not just expecting it to work out. It's working out. Why does it always work out for you? Why is your life like this? How come you're not falling apart like everybody else is falling apart? How come you got peace and joy in the middle of the storm? How come you got this incredible life? Man, the greatest powerful testimony in the world is when you are enjoying life to its fullest and people want to know why. See, that's what God, that's really what God called Adam to do. Adam was just supposed to live in a paradise and have children stay in love with God and make sure that through him, all of his, all of his heirs and offspring lived in paradise and stayed in love with God. In other words, influenced the whole world's population. Well, Adam, Adam didn't do that. He, he, he failed at that. Well, then God called Abraham and said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to make you the father of many nations and through you. And he talked about blessing him and, and blessing, I will bless thee and all this kind of stuff. And, 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 and he said, and through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. In other words, I'm, I'm, you know, Adam failed at this. Now I've got you. I'm, I'm going to take you on this journey and through you, not just that I'm going to create a nation that's going to live a great life in, the na in, in Israel and have abundance. No, through you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. Well, then, of course, Jesus came on the scene, modeled what that looked like and was the personification of what that looked like. And now, as believers, we are supposed to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. And, and, and the ultimate thing is we experience the goodness of God. We have a great life. We fall in love with God. We trust God with all of our heart and we influence our world. Now, uh, What's interesting is that Jesus didn't tell us to go make converts. He told us to make disciples. Well, how do you make disciples? You make disciples by showing people how to live a life, surrender to the Lord Jesus and live life at his best. This has always been God's plan for us to have this incredible life, to know him, to enjoy him, be in love with him, but to trust him and to experience a quality of life that compels other people to this. You say, well, Jim, that's not my life. I don't, I don't have people just searching me out and wanting to know why my life is so great. Well, I'll tell you something. Uh, hang in here with me. I'm going to take you on a journey. I'm going to show you how to get there. I'm gonna, this is not pie in the sky. This is just walking with God and experiencing the best life possible. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, and now that the curse has been broken, now that Satan has been defeated, now that he has already received the inheritance, this is no longer, all the promises of God being ours is no longer just possible. Now, it's probable. You say, well, what's the difference? You know, something being a possibility means, yeah, it might happen. I mean, you know, I, I can, I'm kind of, it, it might happen. It, you know, it, it, it could happen. But you know, a probability, I, and I don't know any other way to say it is when you say, you know what, it's probably going to happen. I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure this is going to happen. Well, through the resurrection of Jesus, we move from the realm of possibility to the realm of probability. Because we move into an aspect of faith that is no longer, uh, uh, we're no longer in hope and just hoping and imagining and, be and, and believing that the time will come that this can happen. But we come to this place where it says, no, this is, this is absolute. This is, and so, the, so this moves from possibility 
to probability and from probability to absolute reality. Listen, I hope you're enjoying this. And by the way, be sure and go to, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, go to YouTube and be sure and, uh, and, and make comments, write questions. We'll try to answer them if we can. If you like this, like this. If you want to get messages every week that are always going to encourage you, be sure and subscribe to this. But you know what? Also, share this with people who you believe it will help. Listen, if you know people that, that are struggling and, and, and they're about to give up because religion has made this all so negative and so hard and so difficult, then you know what? Then you, you, you don't you want to help them. You want to get these messages to them. And you know something? Be sure and go to drjimrichards.com and check it out. If you want to help me reach a billion people and raise up disciples all over the world, I'll tell you how to do it. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.